Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is June 28th, 2022. How the heck are you? Uh, me, myself, and I, I'm doing okay. Uh, I figured um, I wasn't able to get to an episode on Sunday. I did get my two episodes in, but I was like, I knew I had some leftovers. So I was like, let me let me cover those in the week if I get time. And I uh, found some time today. So I just wanted to cover some things real quick, just run through them. Um, yeah, nothing to report. We can just get into it. Let's see. Got this from the Associated Press. Israel to dissolve parliament. Let me rewind that. Israel to dissolve parliament, call fifth election in three years. So we've covered the situation going on politically with Israel on and off on this podcast. We're going to continue to do so, of course. So this is just kind of the start of some things that are coming down the pipe. Uh, probably towards the end of the year. So, uh, what is it? Naftali Bennett, yeah. He is a leader of like this like trilateral kind of group. And they formed to kind of knock out Benjamin Netanyahu, who is uh, Bennett's like former like boss, really. He learned and, and studied under him in terms of like how to run, do politics, and all that stuff. And then, you know, he's, he's kind of come to usurp him. He did that. Uh, with things that, how they have stand, or how they're standing, I guess, they decided, though, that they need to put in a, I, I guess, like a, it's not a bill or something, but essentially they're going to dissolve themselves, uh, potentially, and there's going to be a new election opening up, which is going to now give Benjamin Netanyahu another crack at the uh, apple. Uh, he's going to be coming from the Likud party, and I guess he's also trying to potentially like form another coalition that's like maybe bigger and stronger to be more effective. Uh, that doesn't look to be like a super effective play right now because uh, a lot of people, a lot of other groups are like not trying to fuck with him because he's still going through a corruption investigation. So. It's pretty crazy that that's still ongoing, and he still has as much juice as he has. That he's more or less the front runner for the situation. So, just wanted to put that on the map, put that on the radar. Um, in some other election news, international got this from NBC News. Colombia elects first leftist president and first Afro-Colombian female vice president. So, Gustavo Petro, who is a former M19, like, guerrilla movement member, uh, he won. So, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> I definitely didn't expect to hear that when I was, uh, you know, getting my little news notifications throughout the week last week. Uh, and also, it was a big step for, you know, women in Colombia and also just, you know, Afro women, you know, black women. Um Gosh, I really butchered that there. But yeah, I'm doing my best. Doing my best, guys. But uh, Francia Marquez, who is the first Afro-Colombian vice president. So I thought that was really cool. Sadly, the article here doesn't really give her her flowers. Um, I know that I heard a quote from her, but I don't have it from the BBC. But essentially, the article does focus on 
uh, Petro's you know situation, his story a little bit. Also, it talks about the uh, the right wing contender, I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, Rodolfo Hernandez. He lost with a wide margin of some seven hundred and sixteen thousand eight hundred and ninety votes. So that's a big, big gap. But um, he apparently, though, what is it, Pedro? On top of the whole like leftist thing, which you know obviously has people like really weary, leery. I know I heard they had like kind of talked to some people on the street. And there was a man who was saying, like, well, how can a person who has done violence or has supported violence now say, oh, I've changed and I don't do that anymore and just gets a chance at the presidency? Which I kind of thought that was a weak argument because, well, you can change. So, you know, also there is a constant change in how politics are happening. Like you see that. When you're growing up, you live in a system and the system is wrong and you can't change it, you can't do anything. Well, of course, you're going to want to move to be more militant. Looking at Americans now, I mean, I can definitely see that, you know, people just are so tired of dealing with the same left, right bullshit and nothing works. And yeah, you're going to want to try to buck the system any way you can. So, you know, and also sadly, like gang movement, stuff like that, like M19 are going to take advantage of that one way or another, whether you believe in the 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 party or the group line that you can say that they're putting out and you say well that's just gang you know affiliation bullshit you know really they just do all this shit they're violent da 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 which definitely i think more so now uh but all the same like i can get how someone can just get into that and say this is the way i have to change the 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 nation and then you come back and say no i'm i that wasn't the way that didn't work i mean also, there was probably some shit that happened to him. I haven't really gotten to any details. I just kind of saw this article and wanted to talk about it. But there's definitely a situation where you can change. I, I, I think that's just weird that that person said that. I was like, yeah, he just can't change. He's always going to be violent or something. Or he shouldn't be forgiven. Like, I, I do think that's often very strange to to think that, like, well, if you're a leftist, you're bad. And then if you've, if you've done violent things, you're bad and you'll never change. That's just the way that it is. And it's like, no, that, that's not the way that that works. Um, so, yeah, I want to talk about that. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but yeah, he is also under uh, corruption in, uh, investigation over allegations. He intervened in a trash management tender to benefit a company his son lobbied for. Uh, and he has denied the wrongdoing. So he's currently, you know, in the hot seat for that. Um I don't know if that's going to make news or not, but if it does, maybe I'll talk about it. You know. And some other news, something I saw that was just interesting. I didn't know about this, uh, but I got this from the AP. Hong Kong's iconic jumbo floating restaurant capsizes at sea. So when I see this thing, I saw it for like the first time last week. I was like, holy crap, it's huge. It's just so huge. Like seeing the boats that were towing it. I'm like, these were full-size, like, boats, and there was literally, you, I, from what I saw in, like, the picture I shared, there's at least, like, three or four that are, like, kind of surrounding and, like, kind of pushing it to where they need to take it. And there's, like, another one with, like, an actual, like, I guess, like, a hitch or something. I don't know. It was a lot, uh, but apparently it was, like, taking, uh, it had taken on some kind of damage, and it says that in the article, the restaurant encountered adverse conditions on Saturday as it was passing the Yishi Islands 
also known as the Partial Islands, Parcel Island, Islands in the South China Sea, and water entered the vessel and it began to tip, according to Aberdeen Restaurant Enterprises Limited, or LTD. So no one was injured, so that's good, but the efforts to save the vessel failed and it capsized on Sunday. So yeah, it was a full sink, even though I guess they may be able to like tow it, but I mean, just crazy. Hold on, we have some of the specs here. The Jumbo Floating Restaurant, almost 80 meters or 260 feet in length, had been a landmark in Hong Kong for over four decades, serving Cantonese cuisine to over three million guests, including Queen Elizabeth II and Tom Cruise. Okay, um, I gotta say, I don't like that they use the that they put Tom Cruise on the level of the Queen. I think that's way excessive. Like, get the fuck out of here. Okay, Tom Cruise is cool, but, like, Top Gun didn't do that much. (laughs) He hasn't committed nearly enough atrocities to really get that high up. I'm just saying. Yeah, he might have fucked up Oprah's couch, but hold up. He might be, you know, a part of Scientology, but come on now. Um, But, yeah, I thought that was a little juicy story. Wanted Wanted to cover, wanted to talk about it. Uh, and last but not least, uh, before me, let me get this little break. Let me get that little shink shink. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Okay. And we're back. I got this last article, once again from the Associated Press. I'm going to read you the title just straight up. Snap, Crackle, Pop, Kellogg's to split into three companies. Um, I don't know. That sounded better in my head. And I see it out loud. I'm like, man, that is corny. But um, we've covered Kellogg before. Um, more or less about the strike that had happened. It is mentioned in this article. But this is about the split. So... Essentially, the 116-year-old maker of Frosted Flakes, Rice Krispies, Pringles, and Eggo, Lego my Eggo, um, is going to be splitting, and it's going to be based on one group is going to be focused on cereal, and then the other is going to be snacks, and then I think the third and final is going to be about like plant-based food. So... <coughs> Ooh-wee. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about the burp. I'm kind of not sorry, though, because I keep doing it, right? And also because my limit, my my listener base is so small, you see? I don't have, like, that one listener who's like, oh, my God, if this guy burps in the mark one more time, I'm going to blah. So I get to just keep getting away with it. <laughs> but I guess essentially the plant-based f- uh, brand is called Morningstar, which I don't think I've ever had Morningstar food, like Morningstar Farm foods, but apparently that's a thing that Kellogg owns. They haven't come out with a name for the snack one, and I guess the cereal is still just going to be Kellogg, but in this article, they kind of talk about some of the logistics. Um, also, they say, who is this person? Kellane? Kellane? Kellane uh, is going to be the chairman and CEO of the Global Snacking Company. So, hold on, there's a quote from him. Cereal will be solely dedicated to winning in cereal and will not have to compete for resources against the high-growth 
snacking business. Now that kind of goes into further what the article just explains, which they're really saying like cereal and then like also the plant-based ends of the company have kind of been taking a hit. They've been waning as opposed to snacks over the past couple years um, being on the boom, which really makes sense. It's the combination which they kind of go into also that like there's definitely a to-go culture that like people just don't want to stop to like pour a bowl of milk into cereal anymore. Now don't get me wrong, like I was even on my timeline, I saw someone saying, "Yeah, I mean the bowl of Frosted Flakes right now. Y'all want a bowl?" Which I love that. I do. I do. Frosted Flakes with the extra sugar though. So good. So good. Honestly, any bowl of cereal with extra sugar is good. I don't care if it kills me. Um but the to-go culture really has got you saying, I don't want this cereal. You know, honestly, I'm kind of a little lactose intolerant. Like, fuck it. And you don't buy the cereal. Also, not to mention the extra hit lately of cereal being more expensive. It being one of the kind of, like, like items hit because of the grain situation with Ukraine. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, honestly, all these places are just getting away with it. All these grocery stores. But it's definitely been on on the decline. People are definitely focused more on snacking. Snacking is king right now, which really makes sense. Pringles are on the up. Pringles are good. Uh, oh, oh, this is a tangent. This is a tangent. I'm sorry. I'm keeping you guys. I'm sorry, but I got to talk about this. I got to talk about this. I was watching Netflix, and um, we were watching Iron Chef, not Master Chef. And this broke my heart. What Netflix has done to my one of my childhood favorite shows iron chef they've ruined it they've ruined they massacred my boy but essentially it's like a a, the similar setup of like the challenger who is a good chef you know nice you know come up person and they're going up against a, a pro a iron chef and so i watched the first episode and one of the dishes that they make and this is where i'm tying it in he made a Pringle and beef tartare dish. And what they did was they put Pringles in like a duck, the duck face, the duck lip. You know how it is. That's iconic, you know. And they just shoved beef tartare in it. And they thought they were going to win. They thought they were going to win Iron Chef with that. And to me, like, I've I've watched Iron Chef and the way that it did the, it, there was a, a pedigree, a vibe of like majesty and mystique. It just isn't there in the Netflix version, and I got beef with that. I got beef tartare with that, and especially with that guy. He and spoiler, he didn't win. He didn't beat the Aussie chef that that just ran circles around him, and he didn't, and the dude didn't deserve to win. How are you gonna make that? And then the, the other signature dish he made had me on the fucking ceiling, Lionel Richie. Um, it was a walking taco. He just made a walking taco, and don't get me wrong, walking tacos are good. People are going to come for me and be like, don't talk shit about the walking taco. It's fine for you and I to make it. We're the average, like, Midwesterner or whoever. Like, a walking taco is essentially you you get a Frito bag and you empty that out real quick. Okay, cool. And then you, you get the meat, which is usually, like, ground beef and some fixings. And then you mix it all with the chips and then you redistribute it back into the bag. How are you going to win a competition like that? A real competition against a professional. I I don't know. Uh, he didn't win. Like I said, I'm spoiler. He did not make it. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Pringles are on the rise. Snacks are king. 
now you know if you didn't know there's some numbers here to back that whatever blah 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 like i said they also talk about the strike um which they said that um they did get a 15 percent wage increase um over the three years i don't know if we really covered all the logistics there or not but you know wanted to re-mention that and uh yeah they ended with the uh shares uh rose almost two percent to close on tuesday last tuesday i imagine um at 68.86 not that it really matters to you and i we don't fuck with stocks right guys fuck that shit <laughs> shit's a bear market remember <laughs> all right um that's all i got um let's see i'm gonna hit a shill mode real quick on this little leftover episode let's see patreon.com slash isaiah news you give me any dollar i'm gonna be happy and you're gonna make the podcast hopefully better or whatever uh, $5 donations will get you a shout-out on the podcast. We'll get you Discord access. It's pretty fucking neat. You should try it. Think about it. Uh, also, if you just want to send uh, feedback of any kind, corrections are always welcome. Uh, you know, anything. You just you just slip it in there. I don't know why I went negative, but, <laughs> you know. Uh, that is, uh, let's see, gmail.com, uh, isandews1. At a g- gmail.com? I don't know. Uh, who uses Gmail anymore? Who sends emails? Ugh. Ugh. Um, but that's all I got for you guys. Thank you for coming through on this random episode. And uh, not quite middle of the week. But I will see you soon. And hopefully it's with some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.